This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We're a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. So it is so good to be back. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I'm going to use my privilege of being up here and wish you all a collective Happy New Year so I don't have to go around and shake each, each one of your hands. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know when the cutoff for wishing someone a new year is, but um, and Nick, you probably know. March, right, okay, so we've got a little bit of time, um, so maybe just if you don't get around to Nick, that's fine, you can do that next week, um, but yeah, I tend to stop saying Happy New Year to people kind of the 2nd or 3rd of January, um, and that's like, right, move on, we're, we're, we're done, so um, yes, that's just me being a bit odd, uh, so I hope you've uh, I hope you've all had a good couple of weeks away, it's been, you know, it's been sad not to be uh, meeting together um, every week, but it's also been that nice time to relax and uh, refresh ourselves and, and just kind of prepare for, for this year. And um, as Fiona said, we're kicking off our new series, which uh, we, we called uh, Faithful Living. And a big shout out to Becca for putting together the artwork. Um, uh, yeah, thanks for all that you do on our uh, social side. Um, so yeah, so the next few weeks, we're going to just be looking at the book of Daniel um, as we look at his life and those of, uh, and the lives of his friends, and just to use as a real encouragement and motivation for us to live uh, lives in step with God. Um, so I'm going to be reading the whole uh, first chapter of Daniel. So if you have a Bible, get it ready, go to the page. If you don't have a Bible, there are some Bibles at the back. Um, I haven't been prepared enough, I'm afraid, to put it on the screen. So if you would like to read along, stick up your hand and Stan will bring a Bible to you. Um, and, and we've got plenty available. So if you would like to read along, then just do that just now. <clears throat> but we're going to come to that in just a sec. Uh, but yeah, so um, what I, I just wanted to kick off by asking, who, who here has made a New Year's resolution? Anybody out there? Anybody got any resolutions? Rebecca's got one. Haley's got one. One or two. Who here's made a resolution and it's already already let it slip? You know, we're on we're on the eighth of January. Who here has failed? That that's that's okay. You know what? Um, it's uh, I was I was thinking of I was I was thinking you know it'd be really good to do like some sort of healthy eating thing. Um, I eat a ridiculous amount of sweets and chocolate and fizzy juice. Um, but then I was considering just how much chocolate we were gifted at Christmas, and if I wanted to kickstart something on the 1st of January, I would, I would probably do myself an injury by trying to finish it all off in the week between Christmas and New Year. So then, um, so then Fiona thought, well, why don't we do some sort of like vegan January, veganuary, I think they call it, if you're, if you're cool. Um, and um, and that, was, yeah, that was a good idea until we realized that, you know what, we really love cheese, and we really love milk and butter, and, and you know the meat we could probably do with do without. But then then Fiona realised that she'd already bought the steak pie for for New Year's Day, so that was that out the window. Um, and then then on the second of January we were at my parents' house, and Mum uh, was making us a wonderful, probably the best lasagna I've ever eaten. Um, and so that you know two we were two for two, so we, we thought you know what, just forget it. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll come up with something else. Uh, and. I just I was I was thinking um, as I was preparing this, you know, there's a lot of pressure on us at this time of year to make like transformational changes in your life overnight. Um, whether you decide that you're going to join a gym or run a 10k or 
like me, think that you might give up junk food. Uh, there's a cultural expectation that we need to change, to conform to the social norms, and to begin our path of self-improvement on the 1st of January. And I'd like to just change things up a bit, and instead of conforming to what our culture says that we should be doing, and what we should look like, and how we should act, um, I think we should be continually considering uh, how we can honor God with our time and with, with the things that we do, and not just it being a, a, a kind of a one-off one annual event. So that's why I think the series that we're going to start is, is uh, kind of the perfect one to kickstart the year. You know, our hope over the next few weeks is that we can be inspired to live lives that are faithful to God's purpose for us as a church, but also uh, for us individually. So many of you are probably familiar with the story of Daniel, um, but what, I'm going to open up for a bit of audience participation here, what springs to mind when I mention Daniel in the Bible? Lions, lions. Anything else? any advance on lions? Pride? Praying, okay, yeah, excellent. Crazy images. Yep, so it sounds like you all are fairly familiar with Daniel and the book. Uh, so um, today we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 1, as I said. I don't know why I'm looking behind me. There's nothing there. Um, uh, but before, I, before we do that, I'll give a little bit of context of where we are. So Daniel is split into two main parts. There's chapters 1 to 6, which, uh, which uh, tells the story of Daniel and his friends as he served the kings of Babylon um, around kind of 550, 600 BC. Um, and, and then chapters 7 to 12 then tell us about Daniel's dreams and visions that outline God's future plans for Babylon and the end of the age. So um, without much further ado, why don't we just read through Daniel chapter 1. There, um, I'll probably stumble over some names and pronunciations, so please forgive me. Um, but yeah, read along with me if you have your Bibles on you. That'd be great. So Daniel chapter 1. So during the, the third year of King Joachim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Joachim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylon and placed them in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, the chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only healthy and good-looking young men, he said. Make sure that they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from, their own, from his own kitchens. They were to be raised for three years, and, they would, and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, Mishael was called Meshach, and Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel... But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now Daniel had given the chief of staff both now, now sorry now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, "I am afraid of my lord the king, who has ordered you to eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I am afraid the king will have me beheaded." 
Daniel spoke with the attendant who'd been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestions and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who'd been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. When the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought, them, brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and no one, was impressed, no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter regarding requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of the reign of King Cyrus. So there we have the start of uh, the book of Daniel, written by Daniel himself, tells us that Jerusalem has been conquered by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. There's a national crisis for God's people. We see that God uh, gave uh, King Nebuchadnezzar victory over the king of Judah and allowed some of the sacred objects of the temple to be taken back to Babylon. It's a really dark moment for Israel, but it's also a moment of personal crisis for Daniel. He was part of the nobility uh, at the time and, and was a powerful man that had potential uh, and, and his future all mapped out. And then all of a sudden, his nation is conquered. He's taken from his home to a foreign land to live in a place where other gods are worshipped, uh, where different rules are followed, uh, alien value systems are adhered to. You know, he and his friends had their names changed from ones that held significant meaning in their Jewish culture to ones that referenced the gods of Babylon as an attempt to change their religious loyalties. In chapter 1, King Nebuchadnezzar orders, some, uh, orders that some of the best men found in the royal family of Judah and in other noble families be brought to Babylon as captives and trained for three years in the language and literature of the empire. The king orders that the strongest, healthiest, and best-looking men are to be brought to Babylon and that they should be smart, have good judgment, and be suited to service in the palace. I wonder how many people like that are in this room. Maybe one or two. Uh, Daniel and his three friends matched this criteria and so brought, uh, to Babylon, uh, were brought to Babylon to be trained up and eventually serve the king. So, how did they live faithfully amidst all this turmoil? Daniel puts up with certain aspects of his new life, uh, but he was unapologetic about refusing others. You know, he had the wisdom to know when to choose his battles and how to gain the trust and confidence of those in power before setting out his stall and standing up for God. Daniel decided to be uncompromising for God, unafraid of his surroundings or circumstances, and willing to stand out. So first, Daniel was uncompromising for God. He put up with the name change, and he learned the culture. We see that Daniel and his friends were determined not to eat the food uh, that had been provided for them. And in verse 8 it says, But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine, given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. So 
why were they unacceptable? I mean, it could be that they, the foods they were provided were forbidden by Jewish law or had been sacrificed or dedicated to one of the Babylonian gods. Uh, perhaps it was because Daniel didn't want to accept gifts or favors that may put him in a difficult position later down the line. So in this, in this time and culture, uh, to share a meal with someone was to commit to friendship with that person. So it seemed that Daniel wanted to reject this favor uh, from the king. He didn't want to get caught up in a subtle relationship of dependency later down the line. He wanted to put God first in his life. And this was, a, this was Daniel's way of demonstrating that. So he and his friends were unwilling to compromise and he found a way to continue to live in his new surroundings and culture while staying faithful to God's law. So this is the first example from Daniel that we can apply to our own lives. You know, don't com- we shouldn't be compromising just for our culture. You know, we should be set apart for God. It would have been very easy for Daniel and his friends to accept uh, all that was given to him by his captors and just be thankful to be alive. You know, like Daniel and his friends, we also live in a foreign environment where God is not honored uh, in, our, in, the, you know, in the day-to-day culture of our society. You know, we're not besieged and taken captive here in the UK like Daniel was, but we as Christians are put under pressure to fit into the ways of this world. So, Daniel was, uh, Daniel was also unafraid of his surroundings and circumstances. So we've read in verse 8 that he was determined to honor God and to obey his commands, uh, despite living in a culture that did not honor or obey God. You know, he reasoned and negotiated with the official who was fearful of the king. And we read in uh, verse 12 to 16, it says, uh, Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. Daniel said, at the, time, at the end of the ten days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestions and tested them for ten days. At the end of the ten days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier, better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. So it was Daniel's strong moral conviction Uh, that made an impact here and God stepped in to change the heart of the Babylonian official um, I think that it says in verse 9 you know this this official would have known that anything short of following the decree from the king uh, word for word would have meant certain death you know it says that the official was 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 worried for his life but Daniel wasn't. You know, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to, to, take the, to take that step and to be bold and to put forward a proposal to challenge uh, the, uh, the, the official. Now, I don't know how much Daniel knew about the benefits of a vegetarian diet at this point in time. You know, perhaps he was one of the pioneers of healthy living and we have him to thank for, for Veganuary. But uh, I do know that Daniel had faith in God. You know, he trusted in the Lord and knew that God promises uh, to be with his people in times of trial and temptation. You know, it says in, in uh, Isaiah 43, verse 2, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So we need to stay uh, stay strong in our faith, to take a stand for God, 
and resist the temptations of the enemy. You know, whether that's in our workplaces, um, when we're with our friends, or when we're alone, when we think no one's watching. God's active intervention often comes when we take a stand for him. Stand for God and trust him to protect you in ways that you may not be able to see. And my last point here is that Daniel was willing to stand out. It's very difficult to be a Christian by ourselves. And Daniel, Daniel had three close friends who I'm sure spent a lot of time studying together, praying together, and worshiping God together, much like we do here and within our small groups uh, in, in church. You know, it says in verse 17 that God gave these men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. Daniel and his friends learned all they could about their new culture so that they could do their work with excellence. They weren't separate or cut off from that culture. They were living in it. They were in the thick of it, influencing society, but also standing out for God. You know, we'll come to, uh, we'll come to read uh, some incredible stories over the next few weeks about those stands that they, that they made uh, for God and the, the lengths that they were willing to go to, uh, to um, yeah, and the strength of their conviction that they had in, in serving God. Culture doesn't need to be the, our, you know, our enemy. Uh, it, if it doesn't violate uh, the, the Lord's commands, it can aid us in accomplishing his purpose. We who follow Christ are free to be leaders in our culture, but we are cr- required to follow God first and foremost. God has, um, God has unique purposes uh, for, for each one of you in this room. I don't know who here needs to hear this, but your life is significant in God. He has plans and purposes for you uh, to use you and to equip you and to love, he loves you and he cherishes you. Uh, you know, God has amazing plans for, for each one of us here. We often, and I count myself in this, we often get lost in the busyness of life and just, you know, it can be so hectic and tiring and there's crisis going on, whether that's personal or global or, you know, there's, there's just so much that can, that can weigh us down. But I want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for each one here in this room. And your life can have a huge impact in this world, just like the life of Daniel. The way that we live and the way that we act, uh, which is something that we can learn from Daniel, can have a huge impact So we need to be bold. We need to be willing to stand out for God. And it might mean that we need to make a difficult decision or change a certain behavior, um, whether, um, or we just need to, we just take that step in our workplace or in our schools or in our jobs um, or wherever our sphere of influence is. But But you need to know that God has your back and he will stand with us as we stand out. So the three things that we can learn from Daniel this morning, just from chapter one, is that Daniel was uncompromising uh, for God. He was unafraid of his surroundings and his circumstances, and he was willing to stand out. Thanks for listening to the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk 
or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church. <laughs>